Hello, this is the Surviving Healthcare Podcast, and I have a fantastic guest who's an expert about um, mercury and dental problems and metal involvement with uh, health problems. Uh, her name's Teresa Franklin. She's a, a PhD uh, who's uh, retired from Penn, but she's still the editor of a major journal. Uh, Terry, tell us more about your background. Hi. Yeah. Um, yes, I am. Um, my undergraduate degree is in chemistry and my PhD is in neuroscience. And I worked uh, for most of my career at the University of Pennsylvania in the Department of Psychiatry at the Center for the Studies of Addictions. And that's where my expertise lies um, in the neurobiolo neurobiology of addiction. Um, probably the around 2004, I got, I guess that was around the time I got really, really sick. And through a series of events, found out that I had mercury toxicity and recovered from mercury toxicity. Um, it was a slow process, but recovered. And then I kind of retired early from Penn. One of the reasons was to write a book that I hoped would help other people um, recover from mercury toxicity because so many people probably have it that don't even know they have it. And when I went to write the book, I sat down to write the book and I started to do my research. I found out that the book I wanted to write was already written. It was called Mercury Free by James Hardy, uh, a dentist. Um, one of the first dentists who refused to join the ADA, the American Dental Association, and one of the first dentists who questioned why we would ever put a toxic substance such as mercury that's also volatile into the mouth, which is the gateway to our entire body. <laughs> and um, so I, the, but the book was outdated and uh, it, it, there was 20 years of, you know, stuff that could have been added into that book. So I contacted him and asked him if he would, be okay with me sort of revamping his book and he was really happy and so we sort of formed a partnership and over took maybe a couple years we we rewrote the book which is twice as long and has close to 500 references um and basically uh, talks about how he started and how he you know how he learned about mercury it was not taught in dental school Many dental schools, especially many of the big ones, are still using mercury and putting Terry, it. Before in we drive it, dive into that, um, yeah. why don't you tell your personal story okay. about how you, yeah, your symptoms and all your your problems and what you did about it and so on, and then we'll jump into your book. So uh, it was February. I remember one year I went to the dentist and I was a single mom at the time with three kids and very busy, you know, being an assistant professor at Penn. And uh, they told me that I had a mercury filling that was cracked and that I needed to have it repaired. And I forgot about it. So this is February. So March, April, I start to see a lot of changes in my personality and I go to the doctors and it seemed to be re revolved around my menstrual cycle. So um, I was having really severe PMS and mood swings and sleeping a lot. By June, I was sleeping. I went to a conference. I remember going to a conference and spending most of the time in my bed with the shades drawn and feeling so embarrassed that I couldn't attend the conference. So I had um, 
uh, finally, um, sort of the tooth cracked and fell out, or the, the part of the filling, the black filling fell out of my mouth and I had it in my hand and I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot about this. So then I had an appointment with a um, endodontist to get a root canal in that tooth because when you get your, when your fillings get old, what happens with mercury is it's sort of, it's volatile and it escapes, it's a gas into your body and your brain. And when it does so, it leaves a gap under between the top of the filling and the tooth. And so decay gets in there, you know, bacteria. So these things are 50% mercury and they go down to 25% by 25 years. Is that kind of a fair statement? And mercury is volatile. It freaking evaporates into your body as you, as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. It seeps into your brain. It seeps into your, you know, so as when this happened, I made an appointment to get the tooth fixed, never putting the two together, my feet, you know, how I was feeling and how I was spiraling downhill and this tooth. But then when I started going to these endodontist appointments, I would get so sick after the appointment. And this was a big endodontist. Uh, um, um, it, there was like eight chairs in one room. Okay. So, so everybody's getting worked on, getting mercury taken out, getting root canals put in, and all of the mercury is evaporating into the air, and, or not evaporating, but just disseminating into the air. So I was being exposed to huge amounts of mercury, and I didn't know it. But after the appointments, I would barely make it to my car. You know, I couldn't, and then I'd just sleep in my car for a couple hours. And I remember one time driving home and having to stop on the highway to sleep again before I could get home and then not remembering how to get home. This is when it's hard for me to talk about this. <laughs> I, I, I asked my hairdresser who was also a friend, I'm like, what is going on with me? I'm so sick. And, um, at, 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 you know, she, this was after I took my son to the dentist and was just sitting in the waiting room and then couldn't drive home. And, um, she said, well, have you heard of the connection between fibromyalgia and mercury toxicity? And I'm like, no, because they had diagnosed me at that time with fibromyalgia. Within a short period of time, I went from being relatively healthy to, you know, fibromyalgia, a whole bunch of stuff. But that was the big one. That was the one. Oh, major depression, of course, and almost like a bipolar, you know, diagnosis I had all kinds of yeast infections. I had um, uh, all kinds of, and even thing that came along, I caught it, you know, I had swollen lymph nodes, I had IBS, you know, I was just, all these symptoms were just coming together and making me really, really sick. And Mercury so, toxicity is mad as a hatter. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> mad as a hatter. Oh and and you know why, right? Because, because of the um, hatting industry. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So hatters worked with mercury all the time. And um, these people who made hats, there was like, I, you know, I, I'd have to back, go back and, and review that to get the details. But basically, they were breathing in mercury all the time, and they were getting kind of wacky. The you know? toxicity was unknown at that point. Yes, yeah. yes. And once they figured it out, they they cut down the, this is how they managed that, they cut down the number of hours that hatters <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the flow. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but no, that's good. So um, I, anyway, 
I started doing my research and the only book that I could find then to help me at all was a book by Andy Cutler. And he was a physicist and he wrote it like a physicist. It was a huge book on how to cure yourself of mercury toxicity, but it was the only thing that I knew about and I used it and I got my mercury fillings out. Uh, at the time I could not drive and um, I got best thing I could get, which was a doc, a dentist who was mercury free. He did not put in mercury fillings and he had his own sort of safety protocol, but it wasn't what you can get today. If you go to a mercury free dentist, there's specific protocols that they use that protect you, the dentist, the staff from being exposed to the mercury. But this was the best we could do. How many and did you have besides that crack? I had, it was so there's, so there's five surfaces on a tooth, on each tooth. And so they call wherever the mercury touches or wherever the filling touches, they call that a, you know, a surface that's affected. So I had eight is all I had. I've so got 17. And all of mine were like yours, put on by the same dentist in a relatively short time until I changed dentists. You, you know, I have this recollection of this guy saying that he was prophylactically filling little, little uh, depressions. That's what you know, he told so, me when I asked. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. awful? They're, they're yes. subjecting you to this toxin for no reason. To anyway, make money. To make because money. They, yeah. yeah. They, you know, they could have sent me home. Well, what happened when I switched dentists is I asked the next, I, I asked the next dentist. I'm like, why do I, he said, well, you have a lot of indents in your teeth, you know, and he said, we'll watch them, but they're fine. My you mother know? is very compulsive about my oral health and, but I, no one has ever found a cavity before or since. <laughs> it was a <laughs> brief, period, a brief period when I was a, in my preteen. It's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. It was probably the dentist. It's a shame, but uh, some dentists, just like some other people in other professions are unscrupulous, you know? Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And this guy was the only dentist I ever met who, you know, did that, who did that to me. Um, and I figured it out, but it was too late. He'd already done his damage. And, and those root canals have a lot of mercury in those. So any, anyway, sorry to interrupt your story, but I well, just wanted to clarify. Then I, I did get the fillings out. You have to be careful about how you get them out. I had to do it kind of slow because I'd get really sick after each one and have to sleep for a week, you know. And uh, I still didn't really know, how do you know that you have mercury toxicity? Well, there was this test. So I did, I did ask my doctor, I begged my doctors to help me and they would not help me. They said that I had fibromyalgia and that I should go exercise. This doctor I had for 15 years, she knew I exercised every day you know, that I was that person who exercises every day for an hour. I couldn't even get out of bed. <laughs> and you're telling me to go exercise, you know, there's nothing we can do for you. So, um, and, you know, it was, it was terrible. So kind of had to do everything on my own and have faith in what was happening to me based on my own symptoms and, you know, um, and the stories that I had read on in Andy Cutler's book and how he had cured himself and helped other people cure themselves. And so I did a bunch of, I had a whole detox protocol that I, you know, was always learning new things and doing new things. But the end of the story is I got better. 
it took two and a half years from the time that I, you know, got really, really sick to get completely better. So you, did you mention your shoulders? Was that's, that in other, that's, that's later. So that came later. So that was, that was, my shoulder started hurting me um, in 2000, the fall of 2019. And at the same time, so this is way seven later, or eight years later, 15 years later, 15 years later. Yep. I'm, you know, pretty healthy, but I still have some symptoms like some IBS symptoms um, mostly. And so I do have, uh, I think I still to this day have a little bit of sort of fibromyalgia like symptoms. I don't know if it's normal for someone to constantly be a little bit sore, you know, and achy, which I am, but I have a feeling that's going to go away when I tell you the rest of this story. <laughs> so, um, hi, for all of those years, I thought I was mercury free. Uh, turns out I wasn't. Um, and a lot of people have mercury in their teeth that they do not know about. Um, a lot of people even have black fillings in their teeth or silver fillings. And they say, oh, there's no mercury in them. My dentist told me there's no mercury in them. And yeah, and they don't believe it. They won't. They no, no, I don't have mercury, but they do. But anyway, I didn't have had all white teeth. I had at the time three uh, root canal teeth. The, the white uh, is a composite filling that has very few toxic ingredients that most people have no problem with. Most people, right. There are people who can be, you know, sensitive to anything, but um, the ceramic and the zirconium uh, crowns are pretty inert. You know, they're not like metals. Metals want to interact with things. That's what metals do. They're charged. They're charged particles and they're constantly, you know, uh, changing. Um, if there's two different metals, they're constantly wanting to be attracted to each other based on different, slightly different charges, you know? So there's one that's more positively charged and one that's more negatively charged and they, uh, want, they exchange ions all the time. So, you know, they, they, uh, the oxygen and the, um, hydrogens go into, you know, they're constantly wanting to, I don't want to talk about metals right now because I'm not an expert in metals, but basically, um, they're, they're exchanging their ions and changing the electrochemical environment, you know, around them. But anyway, so we'll get back to what happened to me in 2019. My uh, shoulder started to get started to get sore. At the same time, I had a fistula, which is a an opening in the mouth where, you know, infection is oozing out. And I went to my dentist and I said, I've got this fistula, and he put me on antibiotic and um, it went away. And he also sent me to my endodontist, the, the one who had done the root canal. And he said, the endodontist said, I don't see anything wrong because the fistula had, you know, healed up from the antibiotic. And um, I went back to my dentist and he said, well, we both know you had a fistula. <laughs> and the day after I stopped taking the antibiotic, it came back. And that's when he, who already thought, He's not allowed to say anything about this. He's a dentist affiliated with the American Dental Association. So he had to be very careful about what he said. He could not say that 
I had mercury toxicity or I was allergic to metals or anything, or he would be denounced by the American Dental Association. They lose so their licenses can, too, don't they? They can. Yes, yeah. that has happened. I do know dentists who have lost their licenses. Yes. But this guy was, he was really careful. He wouldn't say anything to me, but he would just look at me and shake his head and nod and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he said to me when he saw this fistula, he said, we have to get that root canal out of there. He said, you are obviously allergic to metals or whatever. He said, you're not having a good reaction. So he took that uh, metal rod containing root canal tooth out. And I um, got a ceramic um, bridge that Dr. James Hardy, by the way, who was the other author on the book, put in. And it's awesome. (laughs) I have no problems. Um, But when that happened is when my shoulder's starting to get really sore. And I went, it was another, the next summer of 2020, when I went to see an orthopedist, I tried some other things in between and, you know, went to a chiropractor, did different things. And I was just getting worse. This orthopedist told me I had osteoglenohumeral arthritis in my right shoulder and my left shoulder. um, And that the only cure for me would be a total shoulder replacement. So I then went to a second opinion (laughs) because I'm at the time I was 62 years old and they don't tell you this, but shoulder, shoulder replacements only last 10 to 15 years. And then mine mine said that last 30. Oh, (laughs) well, you know what? Yeah. It's a sales sales pitch, Terry. Yeah. Because the scientific literature, 10 to 15 years that's where I got my information and um I figured and then I'm going to be too then you get into your 80s and they don't want to perform surgeries on you you know because you're too old and they don't want you to have a failed surgery because it makes them look bad (laughs) Sure. so um I was I didn't want to get one plus I thought I had some indications that I had metal allergies you know the tooth was one thing Um, I was having problems with my eyeglasses, which had a very, very tiny, thin rim of metal that you couldn't even see. But I was getting tingling sensations underneath my eyes. My earrings were bothering me. You know, there was only certain kinds of earrings I could wear. Um, I had some indication that, by the way, anybody who's listening, if you have a rash on your belly from your belt or uh, your ears itch when you wear earrings. You are metal sensitive, and that nickel. Yeah, you don't know what metals, but you know that you are sensitive. Nickel is usually the one that people are allergic to. My son, twenty percent of the populace is that too yeah, too high? Quite, yeah, quite a bit Might of be. people. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know it, especially men, because they don't wear jewelry. You know, a lot of men don't wear jewelry. Yeah. More and more men are wearing jewelry and are probably finding out. My son gets a rash from his from a belt, like if he wears a metal belt buckle. Um, that he's nickel sensitive. I am not nickel sensitive, which is very strange, but I'm not. Um, getting back to my story. So uh, at this time, I ran into Scott Schroeder because I was writing the book, the Mercury Free book, and um, I was I attended an FDA meeting, a two day FDA meeting on metals. One day was all amalgam and one day was on metals. And I, I listened to him speak and I was like, he takes metal out of people. (laughs) He takes metal out and they get better. 
And so I called, I just, I sent him an email and asked him if he would put a blurb in my book, which he did right away. And then he right away wanted to talk to me. And he was just so passionate and so caring, such a wonderful man and so convinced at what he had done, which is basically the blurb in my book. In over 400 patients, he's taken out over a thousand pieces of metal. And most of those people, their symptoms remit, maybe not all the way, you know, or maybe there's backwards and forwards, but he's, you know, people see improvement. And so he kind of convinced me, you know, come see me. He lives in Washington state. I live in Pennsylvania because I didn't trust my own doctor. He said, come see me and I'll, I'll, I'll take those screws out of your foot. He so said, you flew to Washington. I did. I did. Wow. And he took me into him and his wife, Heidi took me into their home and they took care of me. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. This and is, I have a podcast with him. If the uh, listeners didn't miss it, you can go back in my archives and listen. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He's just an awesome man. He's now retired. Um, but he, um, at the time he was still doing surgeries. He took the screw. He did. I will, I, if I haven't sent it yet, I will send you the PowerPoint. Cause I made a PowerPoint. I took pictures. He took pictures of, of the surgery. And what he did was he took a voltmeter. To me, this is proof, proof that the metals are interacting. He took a voltmeter and he put one of the uh, probes on the um, the tooth that I had a root canal procedure done in that had a metal post, but it also had a porcelain. To, well, I didn't know that no. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yep. go ahead. I thought it was a porcelain fused to metal crown. So the crown had has a metal uh, lining inside of it. White on the outside, metal lining on the inside, which is called a porcelain to metal fused crown. I don't even know if they use them anymore. But and then under that was a metal post. And yes, there was mercury under that tooth, but uh, uh, that the endodontist left a giant glob of mercury on. But I didn't know it at the time. I thought it was mercury free. Yeah. And why do they do that? I, I don't know, because it's easier. I don't know. But anyway, so he um, he put one probe there. And he put run probe on the two metal screws in my foot. And this was after he had opened me up. And the voltage difference was a, a close to 150 millivolt difference. So the fact that those metals, that there's a difference there, proves that those metals are interacting. And they're completely different parts of the body. Meanwhile, my shoulder's somewhere in the middle, right? Um, but I was fine. I was starting to get arthritis in my knees, my left shoulder, my hip. I was having these arthritic like arthritic like symptoms. And I'm like, my gosh. So I said, let's do it, Scott. I went there, he took the screws out. Um, I saw immediate improvement in my sh shoulder. This is a strange thing that happened overnight. The next morning I woke up and as he, he explained to you, I was crying because I could lift my arm <laughs> over my shoulder. And I was like, wait a minute. I, mean, I couldn't lift my arm more than that. And uh, it was amazing. Short lived though. I went home. I felt pretty good for a couple of weeks while I recovered. And I was, and he told me, you know, you're on ibuprofen that could be taking, I was on, you know, every four hours, lots of ibuprofen. And he said that could be, you know, masking some of it, or, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. It could come back. Well, I went to the dentist um, for a, I had, she had put in a crown that had cracked. 
and um, it shouldn't have cracked. It was only in there for a very short period of time. So she was doing some drilling in my mouth. Well, of course, I had the metals in my mouth, which now we know, you know, I mean, if we fast forward, I didn't know yet, but I was in the process of getting tested to find out if I had metal sensitivities, which I did. So just to interject, uh, what Terry had to test was patch tests done by an allergist or a dermatologist. These are easy to find and they have a standard panel and you can find out if you are metal sensitive without a lot of fancy testing. You just have got to find one of these allergists or dermatologists that do patch testing. So sorry, continue. Yep, yep, exactly. So during this process, Scott was also um, telling me that I should get metal tested and I was, but it took me six months to get in for a metal test. And um, I, I, so I hadn't had the metal test at the time he took the screws out. It was a few months later. Um, but anyway, she was drilling in my mouth. And the next day I was, my shoulder was killing me again. And I just felt lethargic and horrible. And, um, and I slowly got back. It wasn't as bad as it was before I got the screws out, but it was, you know, I went backwards and, um, so this probably was mercury exposure because he it was at the time when she took out the globule of mercury. No, not yet. No. Nope. Okay. Sorry. Nope. But it could have been because this, the is, drilling, this is an allergy. Yeah. Well, it could yeah. have been the drilling was yeah. exact. You know, my whole jaw was like, you know, when right. you, those guys are in your mouth drilling. It's, whew, it's something <laughs> we can't feel it, but you, you know, your, your whole jaw is affected. And so it could have been jiggling my jaw, which was releasing more mercury vapor that I didn't know I had in me, or it could have been the interaction of the metals. So I'm also mental, metal sensitive, not just, I think everybody is a quote unquote sensitive to mercury. Mercury is a toxin that has no reason to be in our body. You know, there are two separate effects: the mercury toxicity, yeah. and then you had a metal allergy, which is a separate mechanism. But it's also, and it probably caused your shoulder inflammation. It just caused general inflammation throughout your body. Is that your interpretation? I don't. I can't actually completely separate them because, yes, I found out I was allergic to vanadium and titanium, which are in the rods that were in my mouth, and titanium is always got vanadium titanium is never pure so when your doctor tells you no no it's just pure titanium it's not there are other metals in there and then the screws in my foot had um uh molybdenum molybdenum in them which i'm also sensitive to the molybdenum so it could have been i don't the reason i can't completely dissect it is because i had that piece of mercury so we, we didn't get there yet, but I had that piece of mercury under that tooth that I didn't know about. It's all so inflammatory. I, it's all yeah. inflammatory. It creates, uh, you know, increased chances of other inflammatory diseases like cancer and heart disease and all that. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, so then I went through the summer, um, <laughs> I got my body x-rayed to make sure that I didn't have any filshy clips or any other kind of metal in me anywhere. And I didn't. And then I made the decision to get the two teeth extracted, which was a hard decision. First of all, it's painful and scary to get part of your body removed, but also it's really expensive. None of this is covered by insurance. You can't just go tell somebody to take your teeth out. 
<laughs> your dental insurance says, nope, sorry, there's nothing wrong with that tooth. And they couldn't prove any. I had a panoramic x-ray. They couldn't see anything wrong with my teeth. So I get the teeth removed in. Um, I, I think that a three-dimensional CT scan would have shown that. That's the technology that's available now. Would have shown this abscess that you're going to describe. Is that correct? Who knows? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was completely underneath this metal crown. You can't see anything yeah. under metal. All you see, see is white. Yeah. So that's the issue with anytime you have any type of 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 metal in your mouth on an X-ray or any kind of a scan, it shows up as white. Yes. So it obscures. You know. So this metal. So this was a like I said, a porcelain to metal fused crown. And if you can just imagine just like a, a giant scarf or something over the metal and it, it just, I don't know, you just, you couldn't see anything. I don't know for sure uh, if a CB uh, cone beam would do it, but um, anyway, I don't know. So I fast forward to October of 2021 and that's when I got the teeth removed by a biological dentist who was awesome and um he when he took when he got to that tooth and he took the crown off the room filled with a stench that you can't imagine and they i don't know they must be used to it i was not <laughs> <laughs> i i was i was like oh my gosh and then he showed me this huge chunk of mercury on top of the metal post that was in my body all those years that i did not know about so afterwards after I got the teeth removed, um, I, I detoxed again with my own natural sort of detox that, um, that Dr. Hardy, the other author on our book, put together. And um, I also did some other detox methods. We can talk about that another time or we can post those if people are interested. And um, I slowly, at, at first I seemed to get the pain in my shoulder seemed to go away again. But that was short-lived also. It was about two weeks after I got the teeth out that I tripped, fell on the shoulder and boom, I kind of went backwards again. But over the course of the next year from November, 2021 to November, 2022, every day I could do more things with my shoulder. Every day I had less pain every day. I was, it was like a miracle happened. It doesn't happen rapidly. It was a very slow process. So in November, the beginning of December of 2022, I go back to my orthopedist, show him my amazing range of motion and everything that I can do and talk to him about how great I feel. And he, he says, we're going to do an MRI. You're getting worse. So that was the last time I went to him. I did get the MRI so that it's there so that if we ever need to I can't wait five years from now or three years from now to get another MRI because I am not without glenohumeral arthritis, but whatever happened, I am without pain. And that is what is important. You know, um, yes, as we get older, we get arthritis, you know, we get things, but there was a lot of things going on that shouldn't, I'm not a medical doctor. There was a lot of stuff going on that didn't need to be going on. It was probably exacerbated by, could have been the mercury, could have been the metals. I can't really, you know, with 
because that glob of mercury was in there all those years that I didn't know it was in there, I can't really dissociate the two. So now a few months later, oh, and then I went to a new orthopedist and I said, you know, I've got some remaining dysfunction here. What can we do about this? I was interested in getting platelet rich fibrin injection at the time. And um, which by the way, my previous orthopedist said was a hoax. And yes, and that anybody doing that just wanted your money. I said, well, they're doing it right here. At... Oopsie. Yeah, yeah. You know, wherever I went. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I, um, he, he said to me, well, what about some other options before we go that route? He said, you know, you have to get it done every year anyway. He said, and, you know, it's a good thing, but have you tried other options? And I said, I was told there were no other options. He said, well, let's do some physical therapy. Let's do a steroid injection. He he got me started on physical therapy and it really, really, really helped. I've, and he also did a steroid injection. Um, it is now three months later. And uh, like I, you know, I played cornhole the other night with my friends. I played with my right arm for the first time in years. I beat everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go back story. to I'm ready to go back to my paddle boarding, you know, and um uh dragon boating and uh, I did go I went kayaking last week. Um, you know, I'm just So in summary, Terry had two different kinds of metal problem. She had both an allergy problem and she had mercury toxicity, which can get anyone. Some people don't have the allergies. Um, and so this all led you into your relationship with your co-author and your, uh, your interest in writing the book. And I complimented Terry on her prose. I mean, the, this thing is beautifully written and I didn't identify any errors, which is unusual. Uh, so <laughs> Terry, Tell us about your book and uh, summarize some of the content and let's see if we can sell a few copies. <laughs> well, the object is not to sell, but you know, you, that's the only way to get the message out there. Um, the book is called Mercury Free. There are two copies, one from 1996. Don't go get that one. They're available on Amazon. And then this other one, which came out in 2021 and the other author, Dr. James Hardy, like I said, he's been a dentist for 45 years, a dentist who never used mercury. And what I basically did was just update his book. There are chapters in here on symptoms. There are chapters in here on um, what to do if you're ready to get your mercury fillings out. There's a history of why would a dentist even put mercury into your mouth, which is a really interesting history of um, how mercury amalgams came to be. Of course, everything is always wrapped up with greed and money. Pre-Civil pre, pre War technology that just <laughs> got, got continued because it was cheaper. Yes, and um, because it, they're easy to place compared to placing the composite fillings. And it takes a lot more skill as a dentist to place composite fillings. Um, whatever you do, don't get this stuff put into your children. I mean... If you have amalgam fillings and you're not convinced to get them out, the still don't get them put into your children or your grandchildren. You can do whatever you can. It's just a few extra dollars to get the composite filling. So if you have dental insurance, you know, it's it's uh, amalgam fillings are covered. And half, half the dentists in the country don't do amalgams because they understand the evils of mercury. 
Exactly. Well, they won't tell you why they're not using them. A lot of it is because of aesthetics. People don't want black fillings because you open up your mouth and smile and you have all this black, you know, ugliness. Um, and most dentists will tell you, most dentists that are associated with the American Dental Association will tell you, well, you know, it's mostly for aesthetics. <laughs> that's what people are asking for. And that's what matters, what the consumer wants. And we as consumers need to speak up and say, we want what's best for us, what's healthier for us and what looks good. You know, it is important that we, why, why would you put this black ugly stuff in your mouth? And that's what most young people, you know, who aren't aware of the harms, they want to pay the extra money for the composites because teeth are so important. And your image now, because we're all doing Zooms and, you know, social media, your image is so important, you know, and what you look like. Um, there's a, a chapter in here that's really cool uh, called Dr. Hardy's Theory on Autoimmune Dysfunction, which is really awesome and um, explains what we think is happening and how the mercury is clogging up your machinery. Um, there's a chapter on what, what we call the amalgam monster, which is basically the amalgam that's building up in our environment. And um, uh, because dentists, uh, the 50% of dentists that are still using it and the 50% that aren't, they're still taking it out. A large number of those dentists are still putting it down the drain. There are laws that are not enforced uh, that just went into effect, I think, in 2020. Um, but there's no way to enforce these laws that they're not supposed to be doing that and they're supposed to be having filters on, but there's there's no there's nobody enforcing these laws. Um, and that's all in the book, you know. So um, there's uh, tests you can, it describes tests you can use to find out if you have mercury in your body, but the tests... Dr. Hardy has no faith in these tests because once you get to a certain point, your your brain, your kidneys, and your liver start to sequester the mercury, and your blood and your urine are not going to have any mercury in them. I tested, I had these tests done, I had no mercury in them. However, I did a test through Osimex, I think that's what it is, an online test of heavy metals which uh, I sent for, it was a whole battery of tests and I have picture of that, not in the book, but I did send it to you, uh, Bob, and showing that I was negative for all the metals except for mercury. And that was a test, a saliva test. But there are waste of money. It's trial by therapy. Right. And, yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah you, and you don't need to do that. I, people uh, respond to this even if they have negative tests. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the body does of, eliminate mercury, doesn't it? Yes, it will. On its own, it will eventually. But mercury has a very long half-life, you know. Yeah. So it takes a long time. And there's ways that you can naturally detox, which you, you should try to be doing anyway, because they detox you from everything we're exposed to these days, like eating, you know, the way we eat. Cruciferous vegetables are really good at detoxing us. Eggs are really good because they're, they're high in sulfur. Anything that's high in sulfur, mercury and sulfur love each other. And uh, the um, foods that are high in sulfur, like eggs, cruciferous vegetables, et cetera, will pull toxins out of you. Like You were so symptomatic that I think you were a candidate for chelation, which is um, they put agents into your blood over a period of a few hours that uh, bind the mercury and it gets excreted in the urine. 
So that's another, that's another possibility. I was <clears throat> and that's that. conventional as far as I can tell. It's a conventional treatment accepted. Yes. I was afraid to do that um, at the time. I was pretty fragile. And I also wanted to, I also, I didn't have a lot, you know, at the time I didn't have a lot of faith in what I was doing. I kept going forward just like I did when I got the metal screws out of my foot. And, you know, when I went forward and got the, but I, you really don't have any evidence that this is the case because you're, you know, you don't really have a medical team that, that is helping you figure this stuff out until you actually get the metals out. And I can't tell you how amazing I feel. And I, you know, that's all I can say is yes. Now I know I was mercury toxic. Yes. Now I know I have metal issues because I got them out. <laughs> and that's the, that's the story with most of the people who do this. Yeah. Um, touch briefly on the Huggins trained dentists and who Dr. Huggins was and, and the, the network of certification. So I didn't, I don't really follow that um, very much, but um, I, I learned about it through my Andy Cutler book a little bit. And um, so I kind of got, how did I find out my information? I got associated with a group called the International Academy of Oral Toxicology. Uh, toxicologists, um, the IAOMT, and you can go to their site, IAOMT.org. They are an awesome organization that provide what's called the SMART technique, which is a technique for getting, the, they provide the training to their dentists to, it's called, the, the SMART technique is um, safe, uh, smart. Anyway, it's safe amalgam removal, basically. And it's a technique where they, you know, use all kinds of equipment and to monitor you and to keep you from getting any exposure to um, mercury when you're getting the amalgams out. Um, and this group of dentists is really the, 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 this is where I went for my help. They have all kinds of free material to help you. Um, I got so involved with them that I'm now on their science committee and their jawbone cavitation committee. And it's just, you want to find out anything about mercury, fluoride, um, any of the other stuff, the ADA is shoving down our throats. <laughs> so the American Dental Association has it all wrong and it's, they're primarily an economic trade group and yeah. they have heavily promoted fluoride, um, which is a album. phosphate fertilizer company toxic waste that they're sticking in our drinking water since the 40s and as 70 percent of our drinking water is uh is contaminated with fluoride i call it contaminated but they claim it's a supplement um before we sign off go over the fluoride situation briefly and i can talk about that a little bit um you also wrote about that yeah, a little bit. Um, and I, but I will be getting more involved with that. I, it, there's so many avenues you can go down, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the fluoride to me is uh, abominable. It's there have been uh, hundreds of papers, and if you really want to, you know, scrunch it down to really good papers, twenty-eight or so really, really good papers over the past fifty years showing that fluoride is a toxin and, and probably worse than lead because um, it can, and these papers have shown, and this has been going on for like 50 years, like I said, that it reduces the IQ in children. 
and it reduces it the average amount that it reduces it and it is not dose dependent because everybody has different sensitivities um, by the average amount of seven points of IQ. And this has been ignored. So that's that's a half a standard deviation for for reference. Um, and I it's a little hard to explain, but that that's a that's a that would bring a person probably. 20 or 25% uh, that would change their status in the population by that much, just in the crudest possible terms. Is that a fair statement for IQ? Because 115 is a standard deviation uh, up and 85 is a standard deviation now. But if you, yeah. if you change someone from 100 IQ, which is averaged 108, it's a pretty profound change. And to take the whole population and decrease their IQ, 70% of us take have have drunk fluoride all our lives. If you yeah. take the whole population and decrease their IQ by seven points, I mean, that's a that's a huge, huge uh, number. Anyway, sorry to interject. The, it, not the, to sound creepy or anything, but why would the <laughs> government want to do this to people? <laughs> anyway, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, it, the reason is because the FDA and the ADA are very heavily intertwined. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's very significant. It puts a lot of children who could have had a normal IQ into the lower category of now being mentally challenged, you know. Um, and so they are our government has recognized this they're they're working on um i don't know I, I don't know what to say about it i i can't say much um i don't feel confident that anything is going to change even though the government has put a lot of money into new studies um and the general consensus from these new studies combined with the old studies by a board of experts convened by the government is that um, yes, it, it is. It is true that this is happening, and merc and the uh, fluoride is a toxin that is reducing IQ. Fluoride Action Network is the website uh, that you can follow this on and learn more. And the last point I just wanted to make very quickly is that uh, most other countries do not fluoridate, and in fact, in Europe, it's ninety percent, ninety-seven percent choose not to fluoridate drinking water. And I'll send you a graph, a very <clears throat> intriguing graph that shows um, a lot of the countries that do fluoridate or that did and um, the countries that don't. And it's a graph that shows you um, the number of the, the um, tooth caries, tooth cavities, and um, showing that there's a, a slope of about negative one you know, a beautiful slope downward in all countries in tooth caries, whether or not the country fluoridated or not. So it is not related to fluoridation. So tooth the, cavities don't are not improved by fluoridation. The number it, of tooth it, cavities it, don't decline. The graph shows that there's no association between whether or not the water is fluoridated and reductions in tooth um, cavities, that cavities are being reduced everywhere, regardless of fluoridation. Um, so there's very, and there's very limited evidence, unless you topically put the fluoride on, you know, that it, that it does help. And even with that evidence, what it does is it basically harms the tooth. You know, that's how it's helping. 
you're, and I don't want to talk about that much either because I'm not an expert in that. So my expertise right now is really just in mercury, you know, but I am branching out and I hope to be able to talk more about fluoride soon. <laughs> Terry, just... Terry is someone who reads the primary literature. I am a freaking journalist. So I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I read the secondary literature and, and judge it and occasionally read a paper. But uh, um, do you have other points that you want to bring up to my listeners before you sign off? I mean, that was just absolutely fantastic. And I admire your enthusiasm and your, your scholarship. I think that people need to pay attention to themselves. When you go to your doctor, I hear people say this all the time, and you'll tell your doctor this, you know, they, they want to see results from tests. They don't see you as a whole person, but you see yourself as a whole person and you know that you can feel better than you do. And then examine what it is about your life that could change. Um, there's a lot of things that have toxins in them. We know that, but you can do something about some of the bigger ones. You know, you, you wouldn't dare stick any lead in your mouth, right? So if you've got mercury in there, you got to get it out. You just got to get it out. <laughs> Terry, this stuff shocked the hell out of me. And I, I, I thought I was beyond being shocked, but I, I read those three books about, um, you know, dental problems over the last month. And I've just fallen out of my chair every, every day when I read something new, it's incredible. Yeah. The, the yeah. dentists are not to be trusted and they don't know themselves. What's what and, they're doing. And it's, I, I really don't feel like it's their fault. It's how they're being educated. Um, I have an interview from a, um, a dental student in my book and it's shocking that she and she went to a very prestigious dental school they are still teaching them how to put amalgams in they have no protection they have no masks they have no they're they're not gloved they're you know this is when they're training on mannequins and mercury is falling all over the floor and nobody is telling them that they need to be careful this is this is this should not be happening um, most of the major dental schools in the United States are still teaching their students how to put amalgams in. And this, the students are, are being exposed to this in massive amounts of mercury, which is volatile, like I said, and it just, it's, it's seeping into your brain and body and causing havoc. I don't envy these people, and I particularly don't envy the people who are removing these things, and I'm thankful there are some dedicated people who are willing to mess with the mercury to get it out. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I, I, it's unfortunate, but the American Dental Association has a lot of clout, and like more than you can imagine, it's just when you dig into it, and all of that, like all of that history is in the book, which was shocking to me, um, and you know, I don't know. The other thing is if you, if you are a dental hygienist and you're listening to this, you need to get out of there and get yourself detoxed and try to find a job with a mercury free dentist who is safe about taking amalgams out. If you work in a dental office in any capacity, you know, you need to you need to get out of there. It's in the um, carpeting. It's in the carpeting. It's in on the, the, in the ceiling. It's, it's in the drywall. Yeah, like it the, absolutely the is. Are it, inevitable. Yeah, yeah. But thank well, you so much. 
I'm grateful, Terry. Thank you. I'm going to pause so we can chat. Okay.